Hello, Chatty Cathy's. Welcome, welcome to Mini Gabs, where we have many Gabs. We'll see how long this one lasts. My name is Natalie. I'm Kina. And I am Kara. Yay. <laughs> so excited to have you. I had Kara's... to think about my name. <laughs> <laughs> At least you did more than just nod, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. People are like, yeah, I'm and me. But <laughs> yes, Kara's our newest Patreon guest this week and i'm really excited to have you here thank you yes you're one of the my my twitter fam peoples (laughs) i i love twitter honestly twitter is like engagement like i love you guys facebook group but it's about the only reason i'm on facebook to be honest like that's about it (laughs) other than groups you don't catch me on facebook facebook's normally like my family (laughs) Like yeah, everybody. that's it. I think that might be it for me too. You know what I mean? Just because, like, I feel like I have to be much more careful about what I like post. Yeah, because you can offend anybody with sharing the wrong news source from the wrong <laughs> place. Yeah. So we're really excited to have you. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? What do you do? Well, I am from Indiana, born and raised. I've done a little bit of genealogy. What's kind of cool about me is I'm actually like 50% Mediterranean. So I'm quarter Italian and quarter Spanish. Oh, cool. The Spanish part really gets, makes me happy because I was so close to my grandpa. And that was um, on my maternal side. Cause obviously my last name is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I knew him. He passed away two years ago, but he, um, he came to the United States in 1942. Oh. Yeah, through Ellis Island. He was one of the last groups that came in through Ellis Island. And oh, he was um, one of about a dozen or so um, people that came over on the ship called the Serpa Pinto. And it was shortly after the Spanish Civil War ended. Him and his siblings fled to France. Well, the mom and the oldest sisters were too old to come over. So they made the hard decision of sending over the younger boys because the Quakers... This is kind of an unexpected twist that I never thought. The Quakers sponsored my grandpa to come over here. Oh, um, wow. Uh, the, it, it was called at the time the American Service, American Friends Service Committee. And they do still exist, which is neat. And they actually sent me some genealogy stuff. Like, they sent me some information on my great-grandparents. And it was super neat. Anyway, long story short, that was part of what got me into history. Really, like... <laughs> Deep diving, because it's something mm-hmm. you can, like tangibly relate to. Um, yeah. Well, this is historic. You know, he was coming over in 1942. We were in World War II, you know? So, like, yeah. in, in context to me, it's something that, like, I'm really, you know, passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. Like, immigration and issues like that. Um, just having that, you know, personal tie. I like reading a lot. My, yeah, you have to keep looking <laughs> at it. I'm just looking at my bookshelves in horror. I was, I was telling my mom, if there was going to be a perfect way to die, it would be to probably be smothered by a bookshelf because it would be poetic, <laughs> just, right? Like, I put in so much time in investing in these books that at least if I was to die by them, poetic. Fair, like forgivable. Very fair. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and, and one of my bookshelves, I keep looking at it, but it's like big enough that if it did fall on me, I wouldn't even have to think. It would just be, that's it. <laughs> um, Yeah, I collect books as well. Well, I think we all collect books in this room. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I've actually stopped buying books. I haven't bought one in several years now, actually. But 
I work at a library, so I'm like, I will just pick it up at work. This work. <laughs> that makes sense because you have that like resource. Like mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I was, I'd probably do the same as save a lot of money by not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the money, like money I've spent on books, but yeah. it's worth it to me. It is. I'm like, that's totally cool. <laughs> well, I need to utilize more resources from libraries, you know, because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think even in, because I live in kind of a more rural area of Indiana, so it's like in the uh, the Ohio River and just like north of it. So oh, okay. we are like skipping a pond across, and you're in Kentucky. So the joke is, I can see Kentucky from my house. There we go. Mm-hmm. I can also hear guns shooting a lot, too. That um, I really do believe. Yesterday, so it was so Indiana. So yesterday, there was like an explosion. And my dad was like, did you hear that? I was like, what? It just sounded like somebody was shooting, maybe fireworks. And he's like, no, that was an explosion. I was like, oh, can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you live in Indiana or a lot of states in the kind of middle south, if you will, because yeah. yeah, I don't like southern Midwest ish. Yeah, because like, we're right on the Mason Dixon line. If that's mm. like literally on it, so yeah. there's a lot of people that think that Indiana was always southern, which it never's been. But that's another story. And then there's a lot of people that came over from Kentucky because um, they call okay. it the money saving bridge to go to Kentucky. Oh. Okay. Gas is 88 cents over there right now. So there might Damn. be truth Seriously? Yeah, so there may be truth to that in this context. Yeah. And that was like as of this afternoon. So not like a week ago, like today. Hmm. I haven't had to get gas in like a month because of this because I don't have to go anywhere. So I have no idea what it is here. <laughs> That's what's funny to me. It's like, you know, the one time gas is cheap and none of us can do anything. Because I was wanting to start, like, exploring, like, abandoned sites. Mm-hmm. Because, like, me and a couple of my friends were like, oh, here's some weird, cool places that are near me. Why not look at them? So we made up this list. And this is, like, February at the beginning. So right before oh. it starts hitting the fan, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as it progressed, I think our last time we ended up hanging out was, like, towards the end of February. And it was unusually warm. We hadn't had any cases in our area yet, or at least that we knew about because testing mm-hmm. and shit. <laughs> at least where I live. Yeah, um, same here. We went to, um, there's a really cool place, and I think you ladies would love this place because it's supposedly uber haunted too. Um, it's, called <laughs> yes. New, it's called New Harmony, and it was founded by a utopian community in the early 1800s. So they had come over kind of like all later Puritanish and wanted to start their own community. Um, Robert Owen is the name of the founder and it's cool because some of the stuff they've kept to that theme in this mm-hmm. so there's like a roofless church which is super abstract and if you google it it's pretty cool oh, and then they have cool. what's called a working men's institute and it's on the top floor of their library and it's super weird because there's like all these malformed like dino bones and just random ass stuff that you would not <laughs> expect to see in southern indiana wow that's really cool yeah and it's all like free so like if you're ever for whatever reason just happening to drive around indiana worth it they have i think at least two hedge mazes because the (sighs) simple the symbol of their thing is like the labyrinth so i actually have a necklace i had that was the last thing i um like actually physically bought in a store besides like groceries right Mm -hmm. it was a labyrinth necklace from that 
Well, it's really fun uh, discoveries. And uh, speaking of discoveries, Natalie, do you have one this week? Yeah, I'll keep mine short and sweet. I started watching a show with my mom. It's the Marvelous Mrs. Mabel. Mabel. <gasps> I love that so show. Have you all seen it? Like yes. Trailer. Please. I have not seen it yet. Oh, totally recommend so it. Totally recommend it. It is it is really good, really funny. Um, I love, of course, the woman empowerment of it. I love the history of it. The fact that they have Lenny Bruce, well-known comedian of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and there's other historical people that pop up, too. Like, at one point, she stumbles on a protest in New York. And you see this lady. I can't remember her name. It's Jane something. Anyway, she was a real journalist in the 50s for the... Um, in the New York. So I like that they're including like real actual, even oh. not super known events, but it's there. It's part of what you would oh, see wow. in that time walking down the street. Um, That's so cool. So I totally recommend it. It's, it's hilarious. And um, there's three seasons on Amazon prime. And I think the fourth one is about to be released soon or at least about to start to air. I don't know. Yeah, season three was on my birthday, so I don't... It'll probably be, like, next this winter. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I was really pumped that it released on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I do love her parents in the show. Um, Her dad is the guy that played Monk way back when. I know he's been in a hundred things. Never remember his name, but I love him. And he's just this um, uptight mathematician professor that I love his development and I like the mom's development too. Mm-hmm. We we just started season two and it's like just to see their relationship grows as as uh, their daughter, the main character, grows and becomes more independent. Like when she thinks about getting a job, he's like, you know, you have to go to work every day, right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like what? Even if it rains outside, you have to go to work. I know. You know how to get to work. Yeah, multiple ways. And, like, it's just, like, you can't believe she's wanting to get a job. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome. It's really good. Yeah. I like it, when they have good parent, you know, yeah. child relationships. Because so many shows, there's always a dysfunction. Like, yeah. with one of them. So it's nice. They're not, well, I mean, they're not perfect. But I think it's it, it really shows that the parents, no matter how they show it, they really just want the best for you. So, like, even though he's super uptight, he just wants her to be happy and yeah. for her to be taken care of in any way. And also respecting your partner in marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like, cause the, when the daughter isn't really needing the mom anymore. And then the father, he's just in his own little world all the time. The mother's like, well, what do I have to do now? And so she's trying to discover herself. So it's like, it's just kind of neat. It's a neat balance. Everyone yeah. plays their own cool, important role. It plays with, like, the really cool, I mean, with, like, the historical roles of the time, but they, like, push the boundaries a little bit. Like, the stigma, the stigma of divorce and, like, the stigma Mm -hmm. of, like, her working (laughs) and her trying to be a female comic. It doesn't go over well at that time. (laughs) I love, they show her working out one time with her friend Imogene, and Imogene and her are, like, they're working out, and uh, she's like, man, you're working way too hard. You, you know, we just do this just to eat cheesecake, not to look buff, you know. And you know, like, you don't want to be like d- divorcees in the back of the corner. And uh, you, it pans to them, and they're all kind of like slightly toned, slightly buff. And she went, oh. And so when she started sweating a little bit, she's like, oh, I got to bring it down. I got to calm down. 
Yeah, it shows her like measuring herself too, and I'm like, I every just came that time, and I'm like, oh, no, I my trophy wifeness was it, yeah. it was never gonna happen. And like they don't, I I don't know how common of a thing this was, but the fact that she doesn't let her husband see her without makeup. Yeah, that's a common thing. I will tell you, my nana has told me that on several occasions. Let her husband see her like without like lipstick, and I'm like, oh, what? What? How did you do the deed? That sounds exhausting. Yeah. It just seems exhausting to try to please everybody all the time and be like perfect and prim. Like, you know how long it takes to get that way? And then you have to wake up early to get that way before everybody wakes up? No, thank you. And you're the last to go to bed, too. Yeah. Like, she would wait till her husband fell asleep, would go then wash her face and pin her little hair up and everything. And then she'd wake up before he got up and then read. And then she'd pretend like she'd wake up perfectly polished. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> That's why men think that women wake up polished because of that whole. Yeah. yeah never would happen. I would never no, make what it. you get here is a Sasquatch or cousin it. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. I, I wore my hair in a bun for like four days straight. Did not brush it or anything. Just because I just wash my hair and I throw it up in a bun and I totally forget That's to. That's how I was. Yesterday I had to go through it and it was bad. It was <laughs> horror level. Because of so my hair is like, actually like, this is the tamest it's been um, working from home. So. Well, the other day I, I, uh, I finally brushed it and Emery, I, I took it down. He's, and I'm like, how's the hair? He's like, it's a little wild. And I'm like, wait a minute. And so I went and I brushed it and I came out and it was like all out and poofy. <laughs> He's like, man, and with the color it is right now, he's like, man, you look kind of like a lion. And so I just like, <laughs> and just at him. It's fun. It's good. We have fun. Yeah. You kind of mentioned my whole aesthetic, the whole bun and never brushing your hair. That's just, that's just me now. That's who I've always been. I can't do it for too long because it gets too heavy. Like, I get headaches. Oh, yeah. My hair's too much. It's, I don't have the muscles, I guess, like you do. It's because I never take my hair down. <laughs> just I've become adjusted to it. It's fine. Anyways, that's my lovely discovery. And so I highly recommend, if you haven't watched it, definitely worth it. And Because it, it's history, and it's just awesome, and it's funny. It's all the goodness you need. Even, like, the costume design and the set design alone is I love the color. Mind-blowing. It's so, it was such a probably awful time to live in, but it's beautiful to watch. Like, I find... It's not completely awful. It's just... I don't know. You find your ways. Or it depends on what kind of friends you have, I guess. It's true. There's probably a reason most women were on Valium in that time period. (laughs) It was not a great time for us. (laughs) Uh, I took took a class one time. They're like, yeah, they would just give women Valium for everything. Like, oh, you're nervous? Take some Valium. Just add it now. (laughs) It's true. So last mini gab, we or Taru mentioned where does Peggy come from, Margaret? And it's like I have no idea. So I looked up, and it's origins of ten nicknames. So that's my discovery this week. So thank you, Taru. I'm so glad you looked this up. I was hoping you did. <laughs> so the first one is why is Dick from Richard? I've always wondered that because it makes no sense to me. <laughs> I like that this is your first one too. Like well. <laughs> To be fair, it's mental floss, and it was their number one, so I That's didn't pick it as number salad. one. That's the one with the salad joke. <laughs> it says the name Richard is very old and was popular during the Middle Ages. 
In the 12th and 13th centuries, everything was written by hand, and Richard nicknames like Rich and Rick were common just to save time. Rhyming nicknames was also very common, and eventually Rick gave way to Dick and Hick, while Rich became Hitch. Dick, of course, is the only rhyming nickname, and that stuck over time. And boy, did it stick. At one point (laughs) in England, the name Dick was so popular that the phrase every Tom, Dick, and Harry was used to describe every man. And I've heard that saying, and I didn't know that that was like an old-timey English thing. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And when I was researching this, like the whole medieval rhyming thing came up a lot. So I don't know. I don't know. So we'll just blame medieval people for everything. Why is Bill from William? I've always wondered that too. Mm-hmm. I've is only known. Yeah. yeah. There are many theories on why Bill became a nickname for William. The most obvious is that it was part of the Middle Ages trend of letter swapping, much how Dick is rhyming nickname for Rick. The same is true for Bill and Will. Because it's hard, consonants are easier to pronounce than soft ones. Some believe. Will morphed into Bill for phonetic reasons. Interestingly, the William III ruled over England in the late 17th century. His subjects mockingly referred to him as King Billy. What? I have never, and I'm, I'm actually a Ricardian, so this is wild. What? Yeah, I didn't know that That's either. Unfortunate. That's unfortunate. That's really King funny. King Billy, the ghost. <laughs> so why is Hank from Henry? And I didn't know that was a nickname. Henry's so short. Why would you shorten that by one letter? Or just, or hen, at least. Why does it have to be? <laughs> and the, the name Henry dates back to medieval England. Curiously, mm-hmm. at the same time, Hank was a diminutive for John, which makes no sense to me. There's no logical. <sighs> so it says, how do we get Hank from Henry? Well, one theory says that Hendrick is Dutch form of English name Henry and Hank is the diminutive form of Hendrick, ergo, Hank from Hank. Hanks were hugely popular in the States for many decades, though by the early 90s, it was no longer appeared in the top 1,000 names for baby boys. But Hank is making a comeback. In 2010, it cracked the top 1,000, settling at 806, and by 2013, it was to 626. Good batting averages. <laughs> I agree. I don't know any Hanks, honestly. I don't either. I don't. I know Hanks fine furniture. <laughs> and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Hank Aaron and baseball. Yeah. King oh, of the yeah. Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know sports. Why is Jack from John? Which I didn't know that was a thing either. That is weird. Yeah. The name Jack dates back to 1200 and was originally used as a generic name for peasants. That's just weird. Over time, Jack worked his way into words such as lumberjack and steeplejack. Uh, Even jackass, the commonly used term for donkey, oh my God. retains its generic essence in the word jack. Of course, John was once used as a generic name for English commoners and peasants. And also like John Doe, which could be why Jack became his nickname. But more likely explanation is that the Normans added kin when they wanted to make something diminutive. And Jen was their way of saying John. So little John became Jenkin, and over time it turned to Jenkin, and then also and turned into Jack. That just seems like a lot of steps. Um, here's another one I didn't know. I did know this one, but I don't understand it. Chuck from Charles. I never get that. Never got it. 
Dear Chuck was an English term of endearment in Shakespeare, and in Macbeth used the phrase to refer to Lady Macbeth. What this has to do with Charles, not much, but it's interesting. However, Charles in Middle English was Chuckin, and that's probably where the nickname was born. Chuckin. I can Chuck. forgive Chuck. The, out of all the ones you've listed, I can forgive Chuck because at least it begins with a C-H. <laughs> That's true. Okay, you see where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one I can get behind, but the rest, not so much. All these are such a stretch. Okay. So Peggy for Margaret, which is what started this whole thing. That is weird. I never thought I know. <laughs> the name Margaret has a variety of different nicknames. Some are obvious, as in Meg, Mog, or Maggie, while others are downright strange, like Daisy. But it's the <laughs> Mog Meg we want to concentrate on here, because those nicknames later morphed into rhymed forms of Pog and Peg, ergo Poggy and Peggy. Poggy? Poggy. That's horrible. It's That's horrible. horrible. Never. Don't do that. Don't do that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you call somebody Poggy? Better, better just do Pubert. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I love the Adams family. <laughs> uh, this is another one that I've always wondered. Harry from Henry? Because isn't Prince Harry actually Henry? And I'm like, yeah. I, think, he would be I don't Henry. think I knew that. Okay. He would be Henry the <laughs> if he ever Yeah, okay. So it says, since medieval times, Harry has been consistently popular nicknames for boys named Henry in England. Henry was also very popular among British monarchs, most of whom preferred to call Harry by their subjects. This is a tradition that continues today as Prince Henry of Wales, as he was christened, goes by Prince Harry. Of course, Harry is now used as a given name for boys. In 2006, it was the 593rd most popular name for boys in the United States. One reason for its upsurge was the popularity of Harry Potter. I knew it. <laughs> Obviously, that had to be. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I know they're giving me explanations, but I still don't understand any of them. I guess. I don't get the Peggy one. That's the one that throws me every time. Yeah. I would- and the last one is Jim from James. So I've never understood, like, Jimmy Kimmel, isn't his name James? Most, um, I think so. Yeah. Most, most Jims and Jimmys are James. That doesn't make sense to me. It says there's no definitive theories on how Jim became commonly used for James. <laughs> but the name dates back to at least the 1820s. For decades, Jims were pretty unpopular due to the Jim Crow laws, which, understandably, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Which is attributed to the early 19th century song and dance called The Jump Jim Crow, performed by white actors in blackface. Oh, that's so unfortunate. That's the bad. name Jim Crow soon became associated with African Americans. And by 1904, Jim Crow aimed to promote segregation in the South. Jim has since shed its racial past and once again popular first name for boys. Sans James. I, mm, that took a turn. Yeah. Well, I've never had a nickname, so I don't know what it's like. Yeah, I haven't either. Not one that's stuck, at least. So I'm like, meh. I guess yes. our names are, like, our names are four characters, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we could always stop at, like, enunciating, like, the first syllable. Like, Kai or K. It's true. Ka. I do <laughs> have a friend from high school that's always called me Key. She's the only person that calls me that. But I'm like, it's two syllables. You just stayed stuck with one <laughs> two syllables although Nat you're like Nat so I guess that's a nickname but 
I don't get called it a lot though. Like my family says that, and I know they use it as abbreviation to like, especially a text message and stuff like that. But at work and everything, people just usually stick with Natalie and whatnot. But I could care less. And I get confused when people say Matt a lot or I will still turn just in case. That's true. It's not like it's not like Jimmy or like one of those that really sticks and that is what your name is. Like mine is easily both though. So. I guess I don't know. I just, like I know I know a Peggy and her name is Margaret and I'm like, that is just that one is the weirdest one of them all. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just what her parents always called her. Peggy Carter from Marvel, Margaret? I think so. Now, now you got me thinking. I like Maybe. Peggy Carter. My nerd brain showing? Well, so now <laughs> it's time to quiz you of all the things. So normally our first question is, what's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> Stegosaurus. Oh, cool. You're the first one to say that. That's really? a good one. I yeah. love that one since a kid. Like, that's the one that I think of as, like, iconic dinosaur. Yeah. It really is. I remember loving it as a kid, and then Jurassic Park came out, and I was like, ooh, Velociraptors. <laughs> Those are creepy <laughs> to me still, honestly. They're too smart. I think that's, that's, it. that's exactly creeps me out. They look scheming. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I call my dog a Velociraptor because he can open doors now. <laughs> it's like, that's not natural. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you figure it out. And then we also ask if you could have dinner or lunch with any historical figure, alive or dead, who would it be? I already know. <laughs> I'm repping it right now. Yes! <laughs> Fantastic. This is working. Um, so it looks like George Washington. No worries. It's not George Washington. It's obviously Marquis de Lafayette. Which it's not obvious, but. Um, uh, history nerds will get it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> America's favorite fighting Frenchman for all you mm-hmm. Hamilton peeps. And, um, and you know what's strange to me? Of all the characters that should get like a historical novelization, mm-hmm. why hasn't he? I mean, the guy like survived like the French Revolution and the American Revolution, and that's impressive. And mm-hmm. he pissed off Napoleon. Like, shit. <laughs> he could have died like three times. Like, he used all eight of his nine lives if he yes. were. He needs a musical like Hamilton. Let's, oh, let's God, call yes. him, him up. Just him, yes. yes. And then Lafayette, Lafayette, I almost picked John Andre. Um, and he's an interesting one that I found out about through turn. So that's a good example of historical medium of, like, you know, things introducing you to historical characters. But just, I think he would be someone that would have a lot to say. Because he like lived in Germany, he knew he was trilingual. He was an artist, and honestly, he was very—he didn't really want to be a soldier. You know what I mean? So I think it would have been interesting to talk to him. And um, I guess Simon Boulevard would be my third if I could communicate. But he did know English apparently. So, um, but I can't speak Spanish that well or French at all. So. Oh, you sound so smart right now. <laughs> Sorry, I already <laughs> had these top three like in my head. No, that's awesome. I like being prepared. That's a good job. Very good. <laughs> Maybe Gregory Potemkin for a four, just because. Oh Have you I seen don't, any? I don't oh. know who that is. Do I know who that is? Oh, I can summarize. Okay. Patrick Great's best lover. Okay. There is she, a. She had an object made for um, herself when he left. Yes. Yes. That's yes, legend, girl. Adam. That's legend. 
<laughs> There's actually a show coming out about Catherine the Great, and I'm is really excited about it. One? I've been wanting to watch it. This uh, is Flynn when she's younger. I just oh, saw a trailer. Oh, no, no, yes. no, no. No, wait, wait, wait. It's I'm a good one. L. Fanning. Sorry, I'm parallel. L. Fanning, yes, yes, yes. And then the guy, um, oh, Nicholas Holt, right? Yes. From yes, X Men, yeah. yeah. So he's going to be Peter the Third, which is really weird to me because Peter the Third was certainly not handsome. He was certainly crazy. <laughs> and I am really looking forward to seeing how that dynamic works out because who wouldn't want to bone that Peter the Third? It's kind of um, like Marie Antoinette when they make Louis like cute. And I'm like, mm. I know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of like, nah, not feeling it. I did love the Marie Antoinette movie though. Oh, that was really good. And they actually got to film in Versailles, which I thought was really yeah, interesting. I know. That's what's amazing. They filmed um, Ekaterina. If you guys watch it, it's in Russian with English subs. So it's a little, you have to like watch it to read it really. Because unless mm-hmm. we know Russian. But it's <laughs> no. filmed inside like the Winter Palace and stuff. So, oh my God. And I came out of it thinking, why does this look nicer than Versailles? Did they one up Versailles? How is this possible? <laughs> What's the other questions we ask? Oh, if you could get in a fist fight with somebody in history, who would it be? Oh, man. Shit. I didn't have this one ready. <laughs> oh, never mind. Peggy Shippen. Who's that? So she... Wow. How do I summarize this in a, in a non-biased way? Okay. Benedict Arnold's wife is a good way to oh. So she okay. was actually a loyalist turncoat. So mm-hmm. she, like, legit... Um, she was a rich girl, family, Philadelphia, and during the uh, Revolutionary War. She actually would have known John Andre and a lot of the officers, but she was thought to have been a loyalist spy because she later got paid by George III when they, her and Benedict went to England and kind of lived out of obscurity. But she was kind of, she kind of set up John Andre in a way, and it's weird because they had a friendship because he ended up getting hung because mm-hmm. basically Benedict Arnold, well, as we know, Benedict Arnold, right, betrayed you know, was going to betray the U.S. by, well, not then United States, but give away West Point. Yeah. And unfortunately, the poor courier to that was John Andre. And okay. what Arnold did was just dipped in red, basically like a coward. And Jippin, this is legendary. This is legendary bitch. Okay. So <laughs> when this happens, I shit you not, the day that, like, Arnold betrayed, Washington was eating breakfast at Arnold's house with Peggy Shippen, and so was Alexander Hamilton and Lafayette. Same room. Wow. So when this drama goes down and the letter comes in that they had confiscated the plans to, like, steal West Point, Mm -hmm. what she does is she pretends to go histrionic. She says, I, she acts crazy. She's like, what's happening? You know, pretends not to know, but takes it a step further. She starts, like, clawing at her robe, like, undressing. And it was at one point where, like, Washington, like, practically, like, please take Mrs. You know Arnold to her room. And even, like, Hamilton, who is not particularly sympathetic necessarily to women all the time, he was kind of, <laughs> like, he was believing it. Like, he was mm-hmm. all kinds of believing it. Like, she managed to dupe Washington that she didn't know about this plot. When she was the courier between Andre and, and um, Arnold. So, wow. so I when I think Peggy now, like, <laughs> historical Karen, okay, that's that's my mind. Yes, historical Karen. I love that. Mm-hmm. Historical Karen. 
But uh, no, that's who I would absolutely this fight because you know she would scream if her hair was touched. <laughs> that's funny. That is so great. You know so much about history. I'm so impressed. It's I shit is a problem. Not like an. <laughs> I surprisingly, I just I don't. I've never taken a whole lot of U.S. history classes and stuff. So you're you're dropping some names. I'm like I knew that Benedict Arnold's wife was sketchy, but I didn't know her name. So you've taught me something. I'm so excited. <laughs> you need to watch that. That part of it's featured in turn and um, actually one of their like later seasons. And I was kind of like, hmm. So I pulled out the biography it's cited in. Ron Chernow cites that incident actually in his Hamilton biography. So it's documented. Uh, oh, that's so several cool. several records, which is kind of cool. So it's not just like one of those historically dramatized events. Because I kind of thought it. Apparently, Washington wept. Which I'm not trying to say it's like Jesus wept, but it's almost there in the sense for America, right? Because uh, he apparently cried on Lafayette's shoulder, which was something, because he genuinely thought Arnold was like his dude, their yeah. dude. And um, we all know how it's like to be betrayed, so I can understand yeah. him crying. Aw, sensitive man. That's nice. <laughs> Men can cry too. It's yes. Fun. What else do we ask? Books. What are you reading right now? We can see the plethora of books behind you. Okay, I have a stack. So, um, so this one's a good one. I actually got it when I was in France. Um, it's it's like a short history, and what's really cool, I got it at the Shakespeare and Company bookstore in here. Oh, I'm so, so sad I didn't get to go there. You see that? Yeah, yeah. it's stamped. Mm-hmm. So they stamp it. So when everything is non-quarantined, a really nice like gift if you ever want to ask somebody. You can have them stamp a book and ship it. And that would be really cool. Yeah. So um, I'm reading that. I'm also reading this giant. It's called A New World Begins. It's on the French Revolution. As you can see, there's a theme. There's a motif. Yeah. I'm also reading. I'm kind of like, I keep jumping between. Um, I've also been working on a biography. It's on the other side of the room on Simone Bolivar, which is really interesting to me because I don't know about you, but I got taught very minimal Latin American history. Oh, very yeah. Right. Very and there's minimal. a reason, right? We're all American. They're not wanting to tell us of the misdeeds of what we've done, but this is kind of the Spanish misdeeds in this case. So it was before we should like shit on them. It was when the Spanish <laughs> were still shitting on them. <laughs> I mean, banana no. republics. But um, no, he's very interesting because uh, Bolivar studied in Madrid. For oh, several okay. years. He was in Paris when uh, Napoleon got crowned, which I think is really strange. So when you think about all these characters interacting in history, I'm like, why has nobody made a movie about this? Like, yeah. just those uh, are some big characters in history too. That'd make a oh, really yeah. good movie. Yeah, Lafayette sent um, Boulevard a handcrafted pistol set, which went up for auction a couple years ago, and I'm like. <sighs> The Hamilton cast got to touch it, too. I was very salty. <laughs> <laughs> what I would do. But um, speaking of that, I'm actually also reading a book called Affairs of Honor by Joanne Freeman. Mm-hmm. And um, it's on dueling, which is always fun, right? Like, oh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool because, um, first off, she's a great U.S. historian writer. And she writes mm-hmm. um, kind of with a new school of thought. So um, her and Eric Foner, if you're ever going to dive into, like, American history, those are the two authors I'd recommend, especially for, like, um, anything antebellum mm-hmm. and anything kind of going through Reconstruction. So, no, she's terrific. She's on Twitter as well. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm just like, this is like my, my multitude of books is like how my brain is. Because <laughs> I just <laughs> always jump around. And um, I'm also reading a book on Catherine the Great by Robert Massey. And um, that lady, y'all need to just look into her like sex life. Twelve <laughs> confirmed lovers documented by her memoirs. She wrote about that. She had a black book. <laughs> And checked it twice. Can you imagine? Like, I know. She is one of my favorites. And I, I can't remember. A long time ago, somebody in my dad's side said we're related to her. And I was like, fuck yes. Yes. She's she German. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We're very German on my dad's side. That's highly so. probable. Because mm-hmm. she came from a nice German stock. And then it's kind of funny if you think about it. Because she was one of the best rulers Russia ever had. And she was yes. not Russian. She was German. Mm-hmm. That's usually how it goes, too. <laughs> like, she did uh, learn Russian to credit for her. So mm-hmm. at least she bothered to learn the language, as opposed to a lot of rulers in that time. But um, what's interesting is she contacted Lafayette in her later years, and mm-hmm. she wanted, she was really interested in Native American culture. Oh, in the wow. United States because um, I didn't realize this until yesterday. So this is like new, fresh knowledge for me, okay? So the Seven Years' War, we hear about it like the French and Indian War in school, yeah. right? Well, what they don't tell you is our, like, sphere of it was only, like, one part of the puzzle. The other part, Sweden and Russia were duking it out as well for access oh. to, like, water ports. And um, so it makes sense in that context that Russia would have... They also acquired Alaska during that time period, too. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I was like, I didn't realize that this was like a multi-international thing. I just thought this was Britain and France trying to, well, fuck each other over. And then yeah. also screw over the indigenous populations in the meantime. But no, it, it was massive. It like spanned. It was kind of Churchill was quoted as the saying this was the true First World War. Which is what? an interesting, that's oh. an interesting um, perspective. I'm not quite sure. I don't know enough yet to like stand by that assessment but it's interesting yeah i didn't know that either man so what else can we ask you natalie you got something i'm talking too much um what is your favorite region of history like you've talked much about american is american history one of your favorites or which one do you usually lean to or got you interested in history, other than genealogy, because I know you talked about that. Yeah, because Spanish history is is kind of a direct link from genealogy. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say, for me, regional-wise, um, I always was interested in Western European history. Okay. I always was. Because I had, an early age, read the Royal Diaries series, um, <laughs> and those were super cute and super, like, intriguing. I always liked British history. I'm actually getting to the point where I'm bored of it. Which is very strange yeah. to say. I just think it's oversaturated. Yeah. So at the moment, for me, it's kind of transitioned from like British history to like French. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really into French history, but I'm also into like Eastern Europe and Central Europe right now because I want to mm-hmm. learn about what I feel like I was not taught. Mm-hmm. Like when I started watching the show Ekaterina on Catherine the Great, the one that's on Prime in Russian, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I have no idea of the context of the regional stuff going on right now. Like beyond like the distant relationship with France and Russia. Like Mm -hmm. why, why do I not know this? So that kind of put me on a deep dive. So I would say at the moment, I'm really into Russian history uh, for sure. And Eastern Europe as a whole. I have 
several books coming to me this week. I'm going to actually try and start working on learning Russian um, in the Cyrillic mm-hmm. alphabet because I'm also interested in the Slavic languages too. Oh, um, cool. And that's kind of a good starting point. If you can manage to memorize the Cyrillic alphabet, then you're okay. Usually mm-hmm. then you can start marginally reading at least. So. Wow, that's so impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm very skeptical myself, but we'll see. I recommend a, a, a website called Mango. You can learn Mango? all kinds of languages on Mango. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I uh, heard that Rosetta Stone is doing like a isolation special where they're letting people learn stuff for free. I don't know how true that is. I saw something. I've been fascinated with that because, you know, for yeah. me, I think pronunciation is always tough, especially if it's an alphabet you're not familiar with. So I like <laughs> to hear things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like if you're a Germanic language, you can usually per, like pick up other Germanic or if you're a love language, you can pick up other Latin. Oh, yeah, because I studied Spanish enough in school to where like I could probably have a better time trying to learn French. Yes. Because mm-hmm. at least I can see the draw, like I can kind of see the linguistic roots to words, right? Mm-hmm. But with Russian, it's going to be like, um, this does not look like <laughs> why is, why is the A pronounced like an N? I mean, I've only done like two stories on Russia and I was like, I don't know what I'm saying. And they're probably horrible. (laughs) You need to look into it. So I was watching that Russian series. Apparently there was like a Russian serial killer that was like, that was persecuted famously in trial during Catherine the Great. Her name, if I'm not right, wrong, was Daria Saltikova or something like that. A woman serial killer? Over a hundred. She was a landowner at that. She, like, brutally killed between 30 to 150 people, estimated. Ooh. I love how that's, so, that's like, such a big number, like, 30 to over 100. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, what? I know, like, what happened? Well, the problem was, in those days, like, well, serfs weren't really accounted for terribly much. Yeah, so they were considered, like, cheap labor. And, you know, somebody could easily be like, oh, they died on the field. But yeah. then it got to the point where um, she was, like, torturing people, like, cutting out their tongues, which that oh. itself, as gross as that is, it was not an unheard of practice. Because yeah. if you think about it, the whole idea of don't talk back, like, kind of shit, mm-hmm. like, very archaic. But, no, you guys need to look into her because I, I got, like, a, not taste, but I got, like, a glimpse into it from mm-hmm. that show. And I was like, this is morbid. This is creepy. This is just what they need. Wow. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Yeah, so if you look up Russian serial killer during Catherine the Great, that's going to be the one that you'll come up with because it's literally it was a female serial killer too. So that's yeah, that's fascinating to me because there's not a whole lot of female serial killers, and when they are, they are bad. They have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one suspects them. Yeah, they're just delicate women. That's the thing I've always learned is like women tend to not be sociopaths but when women are sociopaths they're more dangerous than anybody because they just got the tools they can manipulate yeah they can kind of fly under the radar all right so what else we got we got anything else anything else you want to tell us anything you want to share how about that uh time travel thing on twitter do you want to talk about it yeah so um basically what that is um actually uh, so basically lee and i are we have a project called Time Travel Talks. And the idea is to kind of have semi, our goal is semi-monthly history discussions revolving around rotating themes. Right now we've been doing some research on Ptolemaic Egypt because that's a, that's in our 
near future, along mm-hmm. with some other stuff. So we're going to try and expand out to like non-Western, non-European things because, you know, we did like Tudors and we did War of the Roses and we did a lot of, and we did World War One and Two, which were massive. Mm-hmm. And it was fun because we had a lot of like authors and content creators um, kind of contribute really nice articles they had shared. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really nice. What I like about it is it's kind of a launching platform for other people to find people with similar interests. And more recently, we've been focusing on featuring different content creators, you know, that that share about history or may not be well known for, you know, X, Y and Z, mm-hmm. because we want people like to find podcasts. We want people to find blogs. We want people to engage and interact and, you know, have funny or serious conversations about mm-hmm. history. And that's our big objective. So um, we've been doing at the moment until we get like our, our schedule into place. We've been doing like history huddles. So we'll do like a question, like what was the last museum you visited? Obviously pre-quarantine. We may, you know, spice that up, right? Virtual tour you visited. Yeah. But things like that. Or what was the first book that made you interested in history? Stuff like that, that people can kind of like talk about and relate to, even if they don't even naturally like history. Because my idea when I was thinking about this last summer in August was, you know, why do people not like history? Is it because of the presentation? Well, what if we scrap, you know, the lecture format and just get people to talk one-on-one mm-hmm. about what they're interested in, right? Because yeah. that's, that's what people are daunted by. Like, they're daunted and they're jaded by years of really boring lectures and <laughs> propagandized history. And um, so the goal is, I think, and we all see it right now, but there's more of a need to understand history. And the kind of awkward thing was we had had the history disease chat planned back in November and we did it in um, February, mm-hmm. right before shit hit the fan to be flat. Yeah. So it was very strange because we were discuss- discussing and you can go back on our feed and look at like the graphics on it. We were having questions about like the pandemic and like, and, you know, Spanish influenza. And obviously this is before we as a globe or as a country recognize this being a potential threat. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange that one of our topics that we chose ended up, um, well, coming to life. Yeah, it was really interesting because that was right when Happy Hour History was guesting on us and we were talking about diseases. (laughs) Yeah, so it's very interesting because we had no idea what was going to happen. And then the things that are repeating, because they say history repeats itself, but it's so wild to see it because things are happening. That are repeating from the Spanish flu. It's it's insane. It is it, weird. And um, I had seen this meme. I don't know if y'all saw this last year, but there was a meme circulating that was like not looking forward to 2020, and it showed like plague epidemic 1820, plague epidemic night, like yes, I've seen some of those. And I'm like, <laughs> that meme. I never want yeah. to see that godforsaken meme anymore. You know? Like, yeah, it was like 17, I think 1720, 1820, 1920, and now 2020 all had plagues. Like, it's insane. It's it's very strange to me, like the world we're living in right now, because I'm like, if you would have told me three months ago that we'd all be like, you know, facing stay at home orders and, you know, might not be able to go to the movies or work in the office or go to the library or where have you, I just would have been like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what is same. this pandemic contagion? <laughs> yeah, it's a wild time. And I've been really interesting looking back at the Spanish flu because there were states that took the stay at home orders very seriously. 
and they were okay. And then states like California and you know uh, Pennsylvania were like, "Fuck it, let's have let's have parades." And yes, the victory oh, died. Yeah, it was. It's very scary to look about look at who took it because Texas is not taking it very seriously. And I was like, "Oh no." I've always said I love history. I didn't want to live history, but here we are. So. I know, right? I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was like, um, when I studied history, I didn't sign up to be uh, part of the next giant world thing. Guinea pig. Yeah, it sucks. And I mean, I know I'm lucky because I get to stay at home and he gets to stay at home and just so many people not lucky. But hopefully, hopefully we're not going to be like this really dark black spot on history. Because we didn't listen. And, That's oh. my worry. Because at the moment, it's not trending to the positive. Yeah, it's not looking good. But this got dark. But on a positive side, I'm so <laughs> glad that you came. Yes. Guested with us today. I really enjoy talking to you. You're so knowledgeable on so much stuff that I'm going to have to Google later. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I enjoy talking to you both. I mean, my thing is, like, when I, like read or watch something I rabbit hole it you know like I thought I can't just like stop at you know Wikipedia like I have to read is my thing and um apparently I can remember people and events more than I can dates so that helps (laughs) that's true yeah I'll have to look up some of the people you talked about they sound really interesting serial killer lady yes I absolutely will just so excited hang on her like that's the other juicy thing. I haven't seen a podcast on that particular lady either. I haven't either. And that's it's odd because with how many like true crime like exclusive stuff that there is, I'm shocked that that hasn't been delved into. There's a lady that's kind of similar to her that was a countess that supposedly drank blood. Elizabeth Bathory. <sighs> yeah, she's she's covered a bit, but this lady's kind of um, in Russian history kind of considered a counterpart to her. Okay, yeah, I covered her in one episode just because I found there's a lot of uh, arguments now that say that maybe she didn't actually do that, that it was just a smear campaign because she was a woman and she was powerful and she had more money than everybody. And I'm like, oh, I kind of buy that. <laughs> I know, I can see that too, is the worst part, right? Like, yeah. women's power with land and shit. Yeah. Gotta take it. Mm-hmm. She was very powerful. People are threatened. Good times, history. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will let you go. It's getting late, but we're so excited that you came. I'm so yeah. glad I, I got to talk to you face to face. I tweet mm-hmm. you all the time, so yes. it's really great to put a voice to the the picture and the face and all that. Oh, absolutely. And you're always welcome um, to pop in the Discord. Sometimes we do general chats and stuff, So, because um, the audio chat on Discord is fantastic, too. Oh, okay. I always read after the fact because I'm late to the party, but... I you know, guys have amazing. So you guys have amazing chats on there, and they're so, so smart. <laughs> I'm like, I have a master's degree, and I don't know this. <laughs> I'm telling you, the things that people like, people always have different things that like mm-hmm. stick with them in their mind. Like for me, I love, I admire art. That shit, I couldn't identify five pieces if I was looking in a row besides Mona Lisa and something with Da Vinci. <laughs> you know so that's what i'm saying like everybody has what they're good at and what yeah. they're knowledgeable at mm-hmm. and for me it's apparently like anything in the 19th or 18th century inexplicably <laughs> yeah so definitely if you're on twitter join time travel talks it's really fun 
and I love following them. So definitely do that too. Yeah, even if you just want to lurk too. Yeah, like, just that's what I do. I just lurk. <laughs> Learning is fine. That's what we want people to do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when we're like, okay, are people thinking about these questions? Like, are they going to read about it later? Because that's mm-hmm. what we want, right? We don't yeah. We don't expect people to know these random obscure things about, you know, X, Y, and Z in World War One or Brazil's mm-hmm. role in World War Two. Like, we're not expecting people to know that. Yeah. We want people to learn about it. Mm-hmm. So It's really exciting. It's not yes. your boring dates and it's not your boring history. It's really good. So highly recommend. 10 out of 10. thank you but um, I'll have to send you an email soon there was um, I visited I stayed in Hever Castle last year which I think (gasps) I mentioned to you yes Um, you did and I'm still home and um, it was creepy as shit Um, it's beautiful castle but at night I'm telling you like that bed and breakfast that's right next to it so creepy and um, I managed to like there are doors that don't look like doors that are hidden and mm-hmm. apparently one of them shut and I couldn't get my way back to the hotel room at like 11. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and there was this <sighs> painting, there was this painting and I swear, cause I wasn't drinking that night. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there was this creepy painting of a boy and I'm going to see if I took a picture. Cause I think I took a video. I was so creeped and it looked like the eyes moved. Ooh. And I was, I legitimately, that's the closest I've been to wanting to shit myself. Um, <laughs> And uh, what was funny is there was a gatekeeper there and he was like literally about to sign off for the night because like the security actually lives on site at mm-hmm. Heber. And I was like, I can't find my room. He's like, oh, one of the hallway doors shut again. And like you just push this like wall with a painting and it's a hallway. No wonder what? I couldn't find my room. <laughs> I'm like, this oh, is wild. that's amazing. I didn't know you could actually stay at Heber. Yeah. So Heaver is, um, yeah, there's the bed and breakfast, which is right next door, which is where I stayed. And you can have access at night to like, uh, the grounds. So you can actually like walk around the gardens and stuff. And it's not unreasonable. Like if you go off season, I'm only talking about like a hundred dollars, like for a midday, like if you do like, um, like a Wednesday or something midweek, it's, it's really reasonable. Y'all. If you don't yep. know what here is, that's where, like, Henry VIII courted Anne Boleyn. Yup. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> and his fourth boot thing, Anna Cleves, got that castle <laughs> after the divorce, which is oh, wild yeah. to me. Isn't yeah, that weird? Has, yeah. It's, it's amazing she survived it. <laughs> she was the smartest of his wives, honestly, in that regard, right? Mm. But, um, yeah. Mm. That he said she looked like a horse. <laughs> future, future historical AF trip right he yes oh my god i want to go there so bad i have a friend that lives in england now and i'm like i need to come visit you military yeah. stuff i'm like why couldn't we get orders to england but i That's digress the best way that would be a nice place to get order to you right all right yes you so thank you thank you thank you so much this has been so fun and i'm so glad i got to talk to you You're so absolutely fun. both too um thanks for putting up with my technological issues and um oh, glad we could all chat yeah. Me too. I've learned a lot and I enjoy that. <laughs> People say that and I'm like, oh no, I'm being that person I despise. No, 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 no. Um, no. This is like what you call a historical podcast. So I think it's okay. Yeah, you That's belong awesome. here. You belong with us. <laughs> yeah, this is the mis- misfits of uh, 
Fun facts, basically. Mm-hmm. I like that. The Misfits of Fun Facts. That's a good merch <laughs> opportunity for y'all. I'm going to write that. Put down. it as a bingo and in the merch. <laughs> Get your cricket out. Historical Karens. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, no. Oh, God. See, I do like that one a lot. Do you know how often people call me Karen on the call center? Oh, my gosh. We should have um, historical Karen haircuts. Like, so, like, <laughs> n- now it's, you know, the short bob and then, like, what it would look like in the 1800s, what it would look like in the 1700s yes! and do, like, a whole thing of what a Karen would look like of the time. <laughs> oh, it's man. A- yes, that's gold. That's absolutely gold. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Happy to hopefully we'll get you on again just because yeah. you're awesome. And yeah, that's how we roll. But yes, you ladies have a good night. Um, you too. I'm probably gonna have to check out early. So Okay. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.